Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. Get two right. in a row. <laughs> get the right pizza. Get the right... Get the right. <laughs> it's, not stop, you... it's not stop dying. It's don't die. Why? Don't die. Stop Everything. dying. It's stop dying, Chuck. Every yeah. single time he says stop dying because... Well, because yeah. they're dying. Because they keep dying, so I want the dying to stop. Never said don't die. He said, said he always said stop dying, Chuck. So did, I wanted to before know, we get ahead of ourselves with all our chaotic old punk why rocker do you think nonsense. The pizza is so good in New York and it's not good here. Do you think it's the water from the cat from the Cascade Mountains? No, I think it's the the L.A. people try to cut corners. Anyways, I, I think let me just see, I got to do something beforehand. I want to. I don't do this enough, and all I do is yell and complain. But Evan and Jared, my partners here at Aloe, are just amazing guys. They're kind guys. They're thoughtful guys. Hmm. They're really good guys. And they are responsible for this recording studio. Because I said, you know, we could... When we first looked at the house, this is our Silver Lake Aloe house. It was refuge recovery, this house. So the house was all right. Hmm. But the garage was nothing. And then as soon as I walked down those back steps, I said, dude, we could put a recording studio in the garage. And they were like... You know, like, you know, make, they weren't, <laughs> rehabs aren't making the money they were in 2014. <laughs> and the first thing Bob says is, we can Ooh, put a recording studio. studio in there for me to just yeah. be there. <laughs> and, and let's get a boat. <laughs> and they did. Yeah, and we need a boat. Boats are good. Boats are good. No, but it was just, and to be here and see that Evan made it happen it was just amazing i know it's nice so anyways i got really good partners but when i talk to them i talk to them the same way i talk to you guys and you're not <laughs> negative and you're, you're not mean and you're not negative bob you're just bob you know you like you got just, your way of doing things I, I, the nice way of putting it is i don't suffer fools gladly well right mm, and yeah. sometimes if it wasn't so i like to explain the team so jared is like the most like conservative level-headed guy Right. Then Evan is like a dreamer. And then I'm like this clinical guy that knows drug addicts. Right. So it's a perfect combo of dreaming, reality, <laughs> cantankerousness, super nice and level headed. And like, we can't do that because we don't have the money. I'm like, fuck it. Yes, we do have the money. Right. right? So this studio from balance. the time we rented the house till the time the studio is completed was like less than a year. That's pretty good. And we could record a band in here. We could yeah, record we could. in here. I don't think we ever will. <laughs> we might. You never know. <laughs> but it's but good, I for, don't good for podcasting. It is it's good. great for that. Yeah. Right. It's, it, uh, this, would, this would be a good little room. I, I would... I would use it. Yeah, you could just do bass and you could do drums in here, bass playing along, right? Of course. And then just you you do, do guitar. You, you can do it in here. Anyways, it's a recording studio. But but the other thing is, Mike, for those of you at home that are audiophile aficionados, like rock and roll stuff, Mike has one of the coolest recordings like uh boards in the world right it's custom built he built it out of a bed uh, headrest well the con the, the thing that holds a console yeah the console is just a <laughs> it's just a, a it's a toft atb yeah it's 24 track we never use it we just <laughs> plug the mics into a computer <laughs> yeah. that we put up on top of the board <laughs> well we can use this board anytime you want we, we just we need a drum kit in fact when i did that track 
I used this board uh, when I did... Um, so give the, me some truth. Give me some truth. Yes, right. of course. I had to record a full drum kit. So there'll be some videos coming out now. So me and Mike recorded Ooh. two songs. And then we, tr- we, we what I wanted to do is like do an Aloe commercial, but with the cool songs that we, wrote, we sang, right? So we just comfortably numb by the... Pink Floyd, right? Yeah, and then right. we did this rough mix of all these fentanyl overdoses across the right. United States. <laughs> I remember you that. Could, that was, you watched that it, right? Was rough. It was unwatchable. It was unwatchable. It was yeah. like, I couldn't even watch it. It was no. like, at one point, so, this girl was dying, and I was like, oh, I got to turn this off. It was more like a... Yeah, I wanted to shock people. I wanted to shock... Yeah, I wanted to shock people, but I didn't want to shock myself yeah. when I watched it, because it was my idea. I didn't really think it through all that good. <laughs> Listen, we right? joke around about dying and stuff, but when it actually comes to it, we're big sisters. Video, <laughs> a video of like a hundred people dying or overdosed. It's oh just fucking brutal. So that's why we started Don't Die. And I was thinking that we had achieved our goals because all the great work and like, let's face it, Ohio's done an excellent job of turning things around. Mil- Wisconsin and Milwaukee, where we all know, I went mm-hmm. and spoke with the governor. It's crazy. Yeah. People in Wisconsin and Ohio care what what people like us who deal with addiction think people in california don't give a fuck what we nope. think <laughs> no nope. it's crazy well, so now you get lost in a sea of shit so now so now i think the fentanyl thing is hitting los angeles county maybe they're gonna listen you know uh, i had one guy that works for garcetti asked me at a fundraiser thing what i thought about the homeless problem and i said well i, I don't think it's a homeless problem you got to stop using that word it's not a homeless problem. It's a mental health problem. It's an addiction problem. It's a poverty problem. But it's not a lack of homes. <laughs> no, so why, you know, no, Bob, why, okay. why do you call it the homeless problem? A lack problem? of money. I have to take you for a ride, Bob, down the San Gabriel River on that bike trail because there are actually just regular fucking people who can't pay rent. Here's what happened. In, I was living in New York in 2001. When, 2000. 99 into 2000, I lived in New York. Um, and it was happening then, which you could still get a cool one bedroom apartment in the Lower East Side in 2000 for 2000 bucks. All of a sudden, it started to be 2400 2800 They started offering people money to move out and they would mm. refurbish those apartments as 4800 It's like It's like extreme. Um, gentrification, uh, gentrification yeah. where all the poor people are going to need to leave. Now, from New York City, there's a lot of directions you can go if you're poor. You can go to Long Island, you can go to New Jersey, you can go upstate. A lot of my friends moved upstate, right? Because you can get you can get a three bedroom house in in bumfuck Pennsylvania that's only still an hour and a half away from Manhattan for like a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there were places of plenty for people to leave the extreme gentrification. Listen, because I live in Claremont. That's 26 miles from right here. 26 miles from where I work is where I live. If you even go to Hemet, which is up to 15, which is 50, 60 miles from here, a three-bedroom house is still 2800 or $3,000 a month. People can't afford to live in Southern California in general. Right? It's rough, yeah. And so you're going to have to relocate to other states, I believe. I've been trying to say, move to Las Vegas. It's the greatest. You can move to Las Vegas. It's very affordable. You can move to Reno, you can, where there's great jobs at, Tesla, at the Tesla factory. You can move to Oregon. You can move to, 
but Arizona, but you're not going to be able to live in Southern California in general from from Ojai to the Mexican border to to the 40 freeway. You are not going to be able to live in that space and and be just, a, you know, an everyday working, making right. $20 just, an you're, hour. You're not going to be able to because if you make $20 an hour, it, say, working in a restaurant in downtown L.A., you're going to have to drive two hours because you're not going to be able to afford to live in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's only $40,000 So, so a at year. F- yeah. four bucks a gallon in gas and then childcare, you just can't afford to live in Southern California. When people realize that, I don't know. But people in New York City are kind of smart and they realize that. Like, fuck, fuck, fuck. It was only a matter of like three years and everyone I knew that lived in New York City was gone. I knew a lot of people that that bailed for Arizona like 10, Arizona's 15 years cheap ago. Still. Yeah, but it, it, it's I'm not going to disparage Arizona, but it's Arizona. No, I'm thinking of moving to Arizona. Don't do that. <laughs> I if mean, I can't make enough money to move to Bali, I'm moving to Arizona. You know why? Because if you and I move to Arizona, Chuck, we can all of a sudden say we're psychologists and they don't really have any regulation board. <laughs> They don't. What? If you have a if you have a health mental health care background, you can get get this license. It's kind of like seems like a psychologist. A yeah, you can hang a shingle. Well, and, you and can a... you can work in the rehabs. There's the rehabs charge the same price in Scottsdale as they do in Malibu. Yeah, they do. Right. So it's like I'm saying the, I'm going to go and be an RN in a nursing home in Arizona <laughs> or something. Well, no, and it's open. Nursing, it's an open medical, carry? medical. They're they're kind of the same with, but there's this vague MFT, KDAC, psychologist, therapist world that Arizona is very open to. Like, you know, if you're good at what you do, we'll. Yeah, but we'll, there's not the money there. Could I hang a six gun? Yes, there is the rehabs. I just said that, Mike. They charge the same as here at Allo. It's mm-hmm. the same price for rehab in Arizona as it is here. So I'm, I'm imagining they don't pay as much as we do here to the employees because there's no competition in Arizona. That's why we'd have to Jeez. open up. How many rehabs are in Arizona? Cottonwood, the Meadows, Sierra, Tucson. Yeah, I don't I know. Don't, I don't even know how many are in L.A. or yeah, I don't hear a lot of junkies going, I'm going to go to Arizona. No, and it's all rehab. old alcoholics go there. Uh, and sex addicts, sex addicts. I could be good at that. Yeah. Knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. Keep kids. it in your pants. Keep it in your pants, <laughs> goddammit. Damn it. Stop What's wrong with you? Off, Stop it. Doing? Stop it. It's disgusting. Put <laughs> 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 as as, down the drugs. I can go there and say I'm a sex therapist uh, specialist. And, uh, oh, we're we're, yeah. we're going to be what's, called what's insensitive. Your, All you theory? need is a wooden what's spoon. What's your theory? Goddammit. Knock it off, you pervert. Put, put it on the table. Flap. Yeah. All we need is wooden spoons. Uh, pepper spray. Yeah. We can start uh, that could be a yeah, aversion therapy. A wooden version. spoon. Shick Shadow made a lot of money with it. They made a lot of money. Oh, but then they would have to jack off until they couldn't anymore. <laughs> right? That's right. That was the idea, so, wasn't it? Mike, do you know about the Shick Shadow Center? No, so, I've heard of it. No, they, they had one in Santa Barbara. It's where one of my aunts went. And they just made you take... You took you took uh, what is it called? An abuse. An abuse, and then they made you drink your drug of oh God. your drink of choice. <laughs> like until you just threw up. And they had yep. yeah, they had buckets. And after you kind of reconstituted yourself, went to the bathroom, wiped yourself up, and whatever, they'd make you do it again. Do it again. <laughs> they did that. They yeah. really fucking it was did 
called aversion therapy. Uh, wasn't so it like I've a 10 days? It was like a 14 yeah, day or something. And guaranteed. Days, 10 days with a couple of two weekend follow ups. <laughs> it's exactly the end. Yeah, 10 yeah. days with a couple two weekend follow ups. So it was 14 follow- days total, and they <laughs> could cure you so of alcoholism. Wait so yep. wait a minute. After that horrifying experience, you had to Anytime go back s- and do it again? Yeah, you did it every day for 10 days, <laughs> and they amped it up more and more as you who could the tolerate fuck? more and more. Who then the you got to go home, and then you had to come back for two weekends, right? And I swear to God, you can go back and look on the internet at the statements the patients made, the success stories. Anytime someone even mentioned alcohol, I would get sick to my stomach. (laughs) Yeah, it was a clockwork orange thing. It was a total clockwork orange cure. So so I'm thinking we need to do a version therapy with sex addicts. Yeah, sure. They would like it in the beginning. (laughs) Starts off nice. (laughs) So anyways, Arizona might be my final resting spot, so don't talk down about Arizona. Okay, it's got tombstone. God. Anyways, so I've been looking at properties out in Arizona. It's fucking desert. Dude, That's why it's cheap. Get this. I can't afford to buy the house I live in, and it's not in Los Angeles. It's in Claremont. So, but, but, um... You can buy, get this, because I've been on the internet late at night looking at Arizona properties. Supposed to have uh, aloe. <laughs> That's I what you're looking at. Well, the plan is to have night. aloe, an aloe treatment center, and then Bob House right nearby. So, but get this. You can buy, this is one I looked at, swear to God, 400 acres. Seven bedroom, six bath, seven bedroom, six bath house, $900,000. Why don't we get two? There's a fucking reason. 400 acres is more acres than Yeah, it's an hour and a half from Scottsdale. I don't know where Scottsdale is. It's an hour and a half from your neighbor. (laughs) 400 acres. Dude, I could go for that. I could go for that. That's $90,000 down, and your rent would be like $3,000 a month. Dude, you'd, you'd have 400 acres. You go, get off my. I'd get a gun. I'd get into guns for the first yes, time you ever. Would. Get off my property. <laughs> and you, you buy the box with Chrissy, the Chrissy, I'm on it. going down to the south part of the property to see if any of those hippies I'm are living down there. Check all those rocks down there. <laughs> get on your little quad. <laughs> I think so. Oh, I'd have to get a four wheeler. Yeah. I think somebody yeah. took some rocks down to the south. Dude, I could go from. 40. I could go from like. My life. My life. My life arc could go from coolest guy in Hollywood 1984 <laughs> to like to like you know failed musician junkie <laughs> to like you could in, grow cactus like and then I regrouped and I had a treatment center in Melbourne now what happened to him he lives out in Arizona he's really weird he has a four <laughs> four <laughs> what are they called with the four it's wheels a quad. A, quad. a quad he's got a quad there. and he has a shotgun <laughs> on his back <laughs> like what happened to him he just would rant and rave about LA and how expensive it was and he fenced in 400 acres <laughs> and it's called Bobville or Bobberg Damn it! And he's an, you know, <laughs> tell anybody that'll listen. You can't buy a condo in West Hollywood for the price I paid for this whole fucking mountain. <laughs> God damn! Am I becoming my dad? And you could, you could be a Morris. You could be a Morris citizen. You should look at Oklahoma. It's like it's like lush and garden and has little lakes and everything like that. And can, I have a songwriter friend named Art Tornadoes. They have tornadoes. RT. Yeah, tornadoes. RT. Well, so what? Arizona doesn't have anything bad. Cellar. You never hear about anything bad in Arizona. Oh, that one, the, the congresswoman got shot. Except for like 
the asphalt melts every summer. They need to replace 121 nobody degrees. Go, yeah, nobody goes out. That's why. <laughs> no, but so so you when I was looking, bad. so I'm not good at technology. So when it said when uh, I clicked on the address of this property and then I spread it out and like there's nothing. <laughs> There's no city anywhere where the little red dot where the house is. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. You spread it out with your fingers, and all of a sudden there's Scottsdale, <laughs> Scottsdale. But I'm trying with my, and I'm not very technologically knowledgeable. I'm trying to find Phoenix because I know there's a basketball team there, and there's concerts <laughs> there, but. and like Phoenix is like five hour drive away. Okay, that's and I'm like, can you make a ten hour drive to go to a okay. basketball game? So. I'll bet you if you're out there long enough, you can. I'm looking price range. I put the price. Range below a million dollars, and I put five bedrooms. Uh, you know, in the in the Redfin. Why, right. why why does it have to be five bedrooms? Is one one an office for her? One an office for you? No, I mean I have a whole bunch of kids. <laughs> You're not done. I'm not done. No, just getting started. Well, I gotta I gotta make sure my health is well, right? I'm getting the uh, the old man checkup like in three weeks. Then I'll know. If I got cancer or something, then I'm obviously not having more kids. <laughs> well, that's bright. This is the world according to Bob. Is it always sunny in, in Bob's world, or is it just tonight? <laughs> are you getting the uh, gloved finger? No, I'm getting the thing you put under. Those are those are all right. Put under is a gentle word for saying you're getting the colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, so it's. They're gonna run a light bulb up your butt. Colonoscopy and the whole the whole kit and caboodle, the running on the treadmill, everything. I got the, the best insurance in the world now. I pay twelve hundred dollars a month for fucking wow. insurance. It's fucking ridiculous. You're not old. How old are you? Forty five? No, fifty two. You're fifty two. Yeah. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, I know 52-year-old. Martine's like 52. There, we had people in our circle, friends over 52. Where were you? You were up here. I was in school until 83. Doing what? Chuck's was a late high bloomer. I, I quit my senior year. No, but once Some you, once you got like obsessed with man. music, how, how come you never were at Raji's or whatever? We Did had, you hear about Rogers? Yeah, we had. If you wanted to be a musician, that's where you went we to Rogers. We had Orange County hat. Can I say the bands I saw at Rogers, Mike, for a second? Yeah, of I course saw, you can. I saw five Hall of Fame rock and roll bands play at a little bar on Hollywood Boulevard: Nirvana, Los Lobos, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Guns N' Roses, and the Mentors. No, <laughs> they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know if they could even be a band today. No, they couldn't be a band. It's no, so there was awesome. a, because we always we've been saying it. The five Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame bands played at Rogers. I forget what the fifth I, one. Was. I didn't make it up to L.A. until uh, eighty. Oh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan, bitches. There you go. I'm doing my oh, Dave Chappelle man. imitation. <laughs> Are we obsessed Steven, with Dave Chappelle? I, I kind of am. I got a, I got a man crush. I might crush. dump my Elvis Costello <laughs> obsession and just want to be Dave Chappelle. Now. I think they can, they could go together. I think I would like to be trapped in a cabin with those guys. I think they would hate each other. Mike, have you seen the new Chappelle sto- uh, uh, stand-up? I have not. I'm going to watch it now that I, I see it's, it on the advertising. It's on the, the, so I heard about it beforehand. I forget who told me. You, Chuck said something. Somebody else uh, that I really respect said, he is the new Lenny Bruce. He's saying things that aren't funny. And as soon as I heard <laughs> he's saying things that aren't funny, I immediately watched it that night. He's saying things that are not 
funny. I mean, <laughs> it, 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 like, he's talking about stuff people won't talk about because they're they're landmines. They're it, it would blow up your career to talk about these things, and it doesn't blow up his career. Not yet, and that's the thing. Is <laughs> that it, if you do watch it, Mike, watch all the way through to the very end, past all the credits, because there's an epilogue. At oh, the I end didn't of it. watch that. If you stay, I'm one of those guys. I do that in theaters too. I wait all the way till what, the end. What happens at the end? It, there's another me. 30 minutes. No. Yeah, there's another. 20, 30 minutes of where he does like the after shows where he's answering questions and talking. Kidding? But you can't just get to the epilogue. You have, you can't to, fast you have forward. to go all the way through. You can't no, fast you, you can fast forward, but if you stop at the end, it doesn't it starts over at the beginning. But so it's like the first time I'm watching it, I'm going all the way through. Well, why they put it at the end like that then? Because for it's Chuck, an epilogue. For people like Chuck. Ah, uh, because I'm the guy standing at the exit, right, waiting for the well, it end was, of the movie. It so pays off every once in a while. Usually you get the chuckle reel, you get the mistake. You get the song that was missing. You get the oh, you get on. the last thing Who wants that happens. To see that shit? Me, right. Chuck does. I'm that guy. I, uh, but, I stay in my but, car till the song finishes. I'm that but guy. Tell too. me oh, that the, the, there's a better voice about what's going on in America than him. He says the funniest thing about he knew in 2008 when he went to vote because he lives in Ohio, he like said, in yep, rural Ohio. <laughs> he saw all black people in line. He's like, fuck. He's going to win. Then he went in 2016, and it was all white people. He called the Dusty White. The Dusty White. Yeah, that was and he uh, goes, the bird one. Trump is going to be president. <laughs> the Dusty Whites and the Tiki Torch Whites. But that was – so he – if you watch those other ones, this is like next – He's gone next level with it. And it's I know, next. It's I, not I, even related to Chappelle. That's how good it is. Yeah, and because I was, I always thought he was third tier. I thought, I thought Louis was the best. Chris Rock is second best. Chappelle's third best. He just eclipsed anything those guys have ever done. So it's not even related to the Chappelle show humor. It's not even related to his comeback stand uh, stand ups. He is going after the jugular of hypocrisy in America. And guess what? That jugular is liberal. Do you understand? He's yeah. going after liberals. That's why it's so shocking. Because no one dare say anything against every single liberal group or they'll crucify you like the little monsters that they are. Lady Gaga named her audience right. They are little monsters. <laughs> right? <laughs> she did, didn't she? Yeah, they are. It's they'll time go after for a black anybody. comedian to be president. He, I mean, any, <laughs> anybody but who's running. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Kamala Harris is the only person that even talks anywhere near like what I could vote for. And I, I don't think she can win. I don't think... Cory Booker. Uh, uh, you already know they're going to nominate no. Joe Biden. And he's going yeah, to give it his he best. He is going to blow it so bad. He, 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 sometimes I don't even know if he knows where he is. He He's missed too old, it. man. The other thing about He's Biden... Too fucking old. Him thing, and Bernie Sanders are too fucking old. Well, let me okay? tell you something. He's also... I, I, knock, I don't want to use language that the liberals, what did the little monsters would attack me about. Uh, what is a term for somebody that's uh, got no cajones, uh, no, no guts? Because I call them P-U-S-S-Ys, but you can't do that. A anymore. spineless dog? He's a spineless dog because... Oh. He sh it was his turn to run in 2016. He stepped aside supposedly because his son had died. He didn't step aside from being vice president. That was bullshit, the reason he gave why he mm -hmm. didn't run for president. That was bullshit. That, that was, was the, the Clinton Hillary machine, machine yeah. fucking telling him they'll crucify him, they'll destroy him, and he should have stood up to them because her time had passed.
right? Mm-hmm. And that he didn't stand up. And yeah. then on top of that, when I heard the explanation of why he doesn't run for president on 60 Minutes, I was like, you're a pussy. Fuck you. Just, your son you died. Just... Your son died and you can't serve your country? What a coward. John McCain isn't that kind of coward. John McCain would run. That's a fucking coward. And it's a cowardly thing that everyone, oh, isn't that so beautiful? He's so t- He was so affected by his son's death. His son was 50 years old. The country yeah. is going to be given to Donald Trump and the Tiki Torch, you know, white. Tiki Torch whites. <laughs> The Tiki right. Whites and the Tiki Torch whites. So I can't vote for him just on the fact that he backed down from the Clinton machine. It was obvious that if he would have run in the primaries against her, he would have won. Then he would have won the presidency. But he was too much of a coward to do it. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to vote for him for that reason. You know, well, I mean, okay, so... Why wouldn't we, and I'm talking about we like-minded people, vote for the only possibility, whatever it is, whoever it is, that is going to beat Donald because, Trump? Because why wouldn't you just do that and go like, okay, fuck it. Because I think, things, I think things have to get worse before they get better, and I don't think they're that bad. Okay. Well. You know what I mean? The economy's got to tank, right? This This rewarding the wealthy... And, and the stock market just every, driving everything, that's not reality. People's salaries are not I'm going up. I'm just afraid. I'm Cost just af- of living is going quadruple in major cities, 10 times in Los Angeles. Okay, this right? is what I'm afraid of, Bob. And this is a reality, too, is that the United States has the first nuclear bomb launched. Oh, nobody's going to nuclear oh, bomb. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Everybody loves money too much. They're not going to blow... The Chinese aren't going to blow it up. The Russians aren't going to blow it up. They're all fucking rich. They love their lives. They don't want to blow shit up. That's the myth okay. that they tell you to scare everybody. Have you... Have, the last thing Putin wants is a nuclear war. The guy shits in gold-plated toilets just like Trump does. You know what I mean? You think yeah. the rich really want a nuclear war? The rich yeah. control every country, yeah, no. S- Saudi Arabia, Iran, Europe, Russia, the East, China, Japan. The wealthy control it all. The United States, Canada, the wealthy control it. You think they want to blow things up? No, no way. I'm not talking a mainstream country. I'm talking about rogue. I'm talking about the same element that flew planes into the World Trade Center. I'm talking about a rogue element. Oh man, I I don't know about that. I I don't I I just don't think there's ever going to be a nuclear war because there's money to be made tomorrow. The stock market's going up, but something about extreme capitalism is has to be brought down, and it's not going to be brought down by liberals taxing rich people. It's no, not going to. You uh, I saw a sixty minutes where this guy Ray Dalio Dalio. Have you ever heard of him? I think so. He's a he's a brilliant multi-billionaire guy like he's he's one of the richest guys that exists but he's really off the off the chart. I mean, you don't see him and he's spending money doing sea exploration and stuff like that cuz he says going to space is just stupid. Right. There's so uh, much of our planet we don't know. Our 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 oceans affect us on a daily basis and that's where he's putting his his money and has invested in and he has a great uh, very interesting man and he's like the same thing. He's like, "You know what? Hey, why but why am I not paying more in taxes?" 
Right. A lot of, lot of why am I not? He's just one of those guys where it got me thinking. And but they don't want the taxes to go to Elizabeth Warren to frivolously spend it on nothingness, right? Trust me, there, there's, there's a reason why Trump pulls people who, who wholly can't stand him, right? That's yeah, that's true. The, that's why Trump is president, because people who. Are, find him vulgar and disgusting and know what a fraud he is, voted for him because the alternative seemed like madness to them. Well, and I think that same quandary is going on now. Do you think there was a hold Beyond the nose and Beyond holds nose and vote. Beyond that. The Koch brothers voted for him. They fucking hate him. They insulted him. They couldn't believe that he had risen to this kind of populist power. God rest his soul, David David Koch just passed away last week. Have a moment of silence for, <laughs> for, our, for our fallen, fallen comrade. Brother, for our fallen brother. <laughs> our fallen comrade. No, but I just think there's a lot of people that vote for Trump that don't say they do. Well, you could be right. There's there's that and there's the fact that I at, listen, at the, at I hope end, I'm wrong, but Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are never... How are you going to pass anything? How are you going to get all their fantastic ideas passed? <laughs> there is kind of... There is three groups of people. There's like wackos on the left, wackos on the right, and then there's the majority in the middle. And the majority in the middle don't agree with the wackos on the left and the wackos on the right. And you have to convince the majority in the middle that, that Which to side pass is, laws. Yeah, how, how it's to safer. pass laws. And it's never going to happen. It has to be a bridge between the fringes of the of the of the conservatives on the right, not the wackos, but the but the mainstream conservative Republicans and the mainstream conservative Democrats have to figure out how to tackle health care in America, because what we have is broken and everyone knows it. Mm -hmm. And they're selling they're just selling you a bunch of lies on both sides of the extremes like you're going to have Medicare for everybody. OK, well, how are you going to pay for that? And does everybody want that? And you don't even explain the simplest stuff that Chris Hansen, the Thelonious Monster guitar player, explained France's healthcare system to me in five minutes. I was ignorant as as can be about what is universal healthcare. So I've been asking all my liberal friends, what is universal healthcare? What does it look like? Explain it to me. None of them have a fucking clue, just like I didn't for 20 years. No, it's years. where it doesn't cost anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the fucking rich people pay for yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I like, right? I like the idea. So here's what healthcare in France looks like. Everybody has basic health care. If you got cancer, you get basic cancer treatment. If you have a, a stroke, you get a stent. Simple, basic, nuts and bolts, basically county USC hospital, right? Everybody gets that. Wealthy people can pay to have better than that. Oh. So, so basically so what it would be is Medi-Cal for everybody and then then people of means would pay for for better than Medi-Cal. But basically, the way if you had cancer and you needed chemotherapy, the Medi-Cal would pay for that. So here's the thing. They did you now just here's, burp? Yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> Excellent. So, for so, those of you at home. So I'm all excited about this new health care I got enlightened to by Chris Hansen. So so companies like Peugeot, like um, universities. They they give even the best health care to entice high-level employees that they want to get. 
So the people that work at the universities, at the, at the great companies of France, they have Aetna PPO. Like, that's the best insurance in America. They have stuff. gold standard stuff. And the companies use offering the gold standard to entice the best of the best to work for them. I like that system. It's similar, and no one goes unserved. No one goes unserved. And it's, and it's get this, you ready? I know that nobody knows economics, I'll explain that, but another friend of mine said, 20% of GDP goes to healthcare. For every dollar in America that is spent on healthcare, 33%, 33 cents of it is to argue about who's going to pay for it, what the price of it is, <laughs> what it, a third of it goes to that. A third of it goes to the elderly. Right. So because people live a long time in America yeah, and they, they have full carte blanche. No, but they also have full carte blanche to get whatever surgeries they can get a doctor to authorize. All kinds of, you know, hip replacements, shoulder replacements, knee replacements. Those all cost quarter to half a million dollars each. Every American who's 80 years old is having them. So a third of the money in uh, on health care is spent on the elderly, 65 and over. One third is spent on everybody else. And it's the everybody else that's arguing to, to keep this system. Now, in, Eng in England, you, don't, you can't have uh, uh, hip replacement surgery when you're 80 years old. You just can't. And that's what the health insurance industry will say. See, they let you die in pain. No, there's no, there's no pain relief. You can't guarantee that hip replacements are going to relieve your pain. Do you know that? No, I don't know much about it. So... If you do orthopedic surgery in America, there can never be a mention that your pain will be reduced because there's no guarantee of that. All you do, well, you will have a new hip. You might have the same amount of pain because you're 80 years old. <laughs> but you might, maybe they couldn't walk. I know I'm looking forward to my new knee so I can walk long distances. You're getting a quarter million dollar knee. Someday. Right? We just couldn't do it. We couldn't What's do it. What's the copay on it? Forty grand? Uh, no, next to nothing. It's like it's like a five hundred and five. To get a knee replacement? Yeah, it's it's an in and out. But we, the only reason we didn't do it when I was forty is because they said that the knees at the time were lasting ten to fifteen years. Yeah. And if I'm active, they can only do it twice because they remove bone when they do it. So they said, it, "Wait till you're 50? They said, "If we do it now, you may be wheelchair bound or one legged when you're 60." So oh, let's bullshit. not let's not do it That's right now. That's bullshit. How I, the fuck would they know? You know, I, all I can tell you is medical, that doctor I had back the then was a quack. Medical profession lies like motherfuckers. They just lie all the time. They I, just I, lied I, to all of America for 10 years and killed 400,000 Americans with their oxycontin. Yeah. They lie all the time. It's a for-profit healthcare system. It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, it wouldn't bother me if there wasn't $30 billion being made on the other end of, of the insurance, insurance industries, right. Well, so, but we can go down a rabbit hole. But it's interesting that, that these general, just simple talks in town. I watch the town halls in Iowa and stuff. They don't talk about real things. They're just like, he's bad. The same shit from 2016. He's, we need morality. Like, really? You're a moralist? Really? <laughs> yeah. You're a politician. Don't, the, don't tell me about morals. Yeah. Right? How, I'll give you examples. Bernie Sanders took money from the, uh, the, uh, the, the NRA. And now he's going to preach to us about morals? Are you kidding me? Oh, well, I don't anymore. Well, and I won't anymore. Whatever you're saying, I do that's wrong. But, but you used to. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the new. Elizabeth Warren was a conservative Republican. Does anybody know that? 
No, I don't know much about her. She I was don't, a conservative I don't Republican. like her. She doesn't look nice. Oh, now you're going to get labeled a, a misogynist. <laughs> no, she just, she's just always so angry. I don't like angry people all the time. Well, you know, th- then your choice is going to be the mirrored sunglass 80-year-old dude, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> or I might just move to France or Bali. No, you can't. Bali. We, so I figure if we're going to move to Bali, you got to have like 500 grand. Right, so we're gonna have rob rob some banks. Right? We don't need to rob banks. We we could sell stuff. <laughs> okay, sell stuff. So five hundred grand. It costs a hundred thousand a year to live like a king. So I figure it, it costs fifty thousand to live like a prince. So I was hoping so, queen. So fifty thousand for a family to live in Bali a year, excellently. So you got five hundred grand. That's ten years. That's, do you know how much your life and your mind and your family and, and, and kids grow up and the changes that happen in 10 years? I'm just trying to get 10 years somewhere because I figure America will sort this shit out over a 10-year period of time. <laughs> and then, then I can come back here and get my hip replacements. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> On Medicare. By the time it's sorted out, it, it, the, the light will come. The problem is... It, you watch it all the time when you talk about people that are little monsters they get a teeny tiny bit of information but they don't know the rest of the story they're solving problems they're solving a fraction of the problem and they're saying things that sound good but aren't doable it it will come around and things will be exposed it's not going to be this election cycle no it's not going to magically change you don't go from what we've got now to like uh, utopia. It just doesn't co- like all the the things that I'm disappointed on the Democrats. They're all describing utopia. If we can just get rid of this bad man, yeah, that's it. He's doesn't not, work he's that not way. The only problem. Do you know Otis Beard? No, who's uh, that? Oscar Meyer. Uh, do you know Otis Beard? He's he's a he's a guy on Facebook that just he's just he always comes up with some of the most amazing things. Interesting things. Just amazingly interesting. Like between him and Paul Rossler, they make me think. Right. They, they exercise my brain. Paul's Paul's more uh, existential. Yeah, artist. more more about people, and, and he's you know he's more about soul and stuff like that. Where where Otis is just like he's always just a, it, he's so spot on with stuff politically. And him talking about WikiLeaks has never had to do a retraction. They've never been found to be not telling the truth. No, they're always telling the truth. And you know, but they're the one that you're not supposed to trust, and the one that's a criminal. And that's the world we're living in. And it, it's just, it, I love, I love when I, uh, how disappointed, how disappointed were all the news channels over the weekend when the hurricane turned away and didn't hit America? They were so, you could see it like, they kept broadcasting for another 24 hours. You know, there's there no, well, it's raining went, here. Shit. It's <laughs> raining here. I feel a gust of wind right now. I saw like, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. All those trucks they had to call back. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God, it didn't hit. Disaster makes great and news. And God, what it did to the Bahamas, just awful. And it, and it hit the poorest part of the Bahamas. It'll never be rebuilt. So sad. Did you see it? I just unbelievably I, pounded this four port town. Just kept going around and battering it uh, for twenty four hours. Just so sad. And the people, seventy thousand people, lost their homes. And and what's so interesting? There's the story. There's the story. A bunch of poor people lost their homes. How come CNN's not down there broadcasting like like crazy? Because they wanted to hit America so they can have all this stuff of like people in America. 
It's just we're living in a strange, strange well, time. All right, so there's poor people in the Bahamas. Oh yeah, very bad <laughs> really? poverty. Because I just thought it was Freeport. Like... Freeport, it's called. Freeport. I don't. I don't know much about Anyways, it. Anyways, well, dude, dude, it's right next to Jamaica and Haiti, and I mean, yeah. well, it's like I mean, the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Yeah, or, there's a lot. Of, there's, there's a lot, lot of poverty in It's the same as everywhere else. There's like. The, yeah, you but know. the Bahamas are like a, a, a vacation paradise. Mike, have you ever no, gone? Never been there. Have you ever gone from? So this is an interesting thing. I had to go. I had a lunch meeting at the Beverly Hills Hotel, right? The one on Sunset, the fancy okay. one. And then I had to see a client in south south of the Ten Freeway off of La Cienega. Oh, not right? south of the Ten. And you I should be sending and, all your but, money to the Bahamas. But listen to this. So it literally. Because I'm running late all the time. It literally took me 18 minutes in traffic, you know, like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 18 minutes to go from the richest, wealthiest people in the world (laughs) to the most poverty in Southern California. 18 minutes apart. Hmm. And so everybody thinks like, oh, I didn't know there was poor people. There's poor people everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I know, but. I it's just, just crazy it that it hit the poor people part. Like yeah. Richard uh, Brannigan was, un- uh, what's his name, the virgin guy? Oh, Richard Branson. Branson. We- luckily, his island was spared. Yeah, <laughs> thank that's God. What I'm talking about. I'm thinking you know why? Because he ties. <laughs> he ties, and it was the Christian God running that storm, and it was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. But 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 it's just I, I you know why we talk about this stuff is to personalize everything. You have all these personal feelings, and then you're trying to live the best life you can. And up until now, the last two, three years, I would say, I was always an optimist. Like, it'll all work out. Who cares? So W is president. He'll be gone. Somebody else will be there. And, you know, and then Obama came out. It's like, oh, my God, it's going to be the Messiah. And then he wasn't the Messiah. And then it's just like, oh, well, you know, we'll have suffer through, you know, Clinton for eight years or whatever. Um, something's happened in America. I I just can't. I, it's it's. I don't think it's. I don't think I'm overstating it. Something has happened of which it's going to be a painful, cathartic, ten-year cycle of not the greatest stuff in the world. I don't think. Right. When you when you have a upper middle class white kid who's alienated his parents are so out of touch with what a lost soul they they have in their home mm-hmm. and he goes and gets guns and goes to kill mexicans in a uh, 80 miles well, away the from problem. his house i mean how, I mean, how that, does he learn that how does he pick he that learns up? it from trump and the and this wacko kind of politics that we have and Mitch McConnell. Uh, he learns that at home, man. No, no. I saw his mom on the. Parents. I saw his mom on the news. That's that's not. Oh, I don't think that's horrified. true. You, you yeah, know, they were horrified. The, the and guy, they all the moms. The moms of these kids always say the same thing. The Gilroy mom. We had no idea. They really are that oblivious to the children they've raised. They don't and that's to, all across they don't America. Want to face the attack. How, how many so clients they, have you talked to that their parents know nothing about them of who they truly are? Well, uh, you know that that's almost all of them all that are of under them. 25, 25 my, and under. My parents knew who I was. Uh, they knew that I was a wild child and a rebel and antisocial. They knew this. They knew what the potential for me was. They knew I was going to get on drugs. They told me I was going to get on drugs before I even got on drugs. 
They were attuned to their children. America has always been attuned to who their children are, their shortcomings and strengths and weaknesses. They were attuned to their children. America is now completely oblivious to the children that they raise that live in their house. Was that the... Wait, can... Do you think that goes back to when there was one working parent and there was always a parent in the house and there weren't two working parents? I think that my parents would... My parents knew that my younger sister, Susan, was an introvert. And so they pushed her and pushed her and made her do things with people. There was no saying, no, I'm shy, I have social anxiety, I don't want to go. They made her try out for pep team. I remember, like, that was a battle royale, right? Your parents did the right thing for multi-generations in America. You got a shy, introverted kid who's a little off, a little weird. You're going to run for the pep team, Susan, because you need, to, you need that in your life. It wasn't this, let's take her to a psychiatrist and see what's wrong with her. Yeah, but, but parents acted like parents. When I'm, when I'm at the fair and everybody in their 40s... And early 50s are acting like they're teenagers and they're all drunk and they're doing Instagram and stuff, acting like fools. My folks wouldn't have done that. My, right. My folks dedicated, they, they dedicated themselves to being parents, not getting likes on Instagram Instagram, and, and going out and acting. So there's, yeah, it's a multi, there's multi-dimensions to what's wrong, but there, there's no doubt in my mind that no kid of mine is living in my house until uh, past the time that they are, are uh, 18 unless they're in school. And they're doing well in school and they're respectful of my family, of their family. These kids... Tens of thousands of them I've met have, they don't deserve to live in their parents' house. That's the Mm -hmm. world that I grew up in. And that world is gone. They would have taken my sister at 12 when she's so shy and introverted and twists her hair. She used to always, she had long blonde hair and she'd twist it, you know, in kind of a nervous tick that she had where she'd twist her hair and get it in a knot right here by her ear. Hmm. They would have taken her to a psychiatrist. She'd be a basket case. She never would have gotten married. She never would have had a family. She never would have done anything. She'd just live with them twisting her hair. It's true. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I, We've got to look at how we parent. It's just, it's great to be friends with your kids and have fun with your kids. I like to have fun with my kids, but I'm their parent, not their friend. Right. And at a certain point, this friend, this getting having fun is going to end. And they have to then take their life and go live it. Right. Mm -hmm. Drew and I used to talk about it a lot. He he said, what is the job of the parent? And I said, to love and nurture and protect and encourage. And he said, to prepare the child for the world. world." Right. And and that's when I realized I had I had just. I'm too focused on the love and nurturing like a lot of parents of the last generation have been, right? To be, and, the, and if you're sick, you want to be liked by your kids and you want your kids to think you're cool. I don't have that component to it, luckily. But, that's, that's not... <laughs> but I do want to protect them from this ugly, hideous, monstrous world that we've created. As much as we can, but I think it's because we take the... I think we're doing the best we can if we take the time to look at that. Some people don't ever slow down to even take a look at that. You know, I was, the, the whole cultural shift, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, and we were talking about Dr. Bloom from Right, PRC, I love that guy. And that's what she said you'd say. I love and, that guy. And, Does she not like him? No, she, 
I'll talk to you after. But she she digs him uh, a lot. And uh, so can I just describe something? He would walk around with Lexapro raw out of a container in his pocket. And the and he would come in like at noon. He didn't. He wasn't there in the mornings. He would come in at noon. All the junky drug seeking addicts would be waiting for him, right? And he'd say, "Come on, come on, follow me." And and he, they'd follow him like three or four of them to his office. And he'd just hand out Lexapro to them. He'd say, "Here, take this. Hey, let's get you some water. This will make you feel better." <laughs> just give him Lexapro. Lexapro yeah. It doesn't do anything. Something, something is lightweight. And, and I confronted him. I go, talk about, can you just like hand out Lexapro like that? And he, sure, he said, sure, I've got a medical license. I can do whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and I said, but what does it do? And he goes, nothing. But they love taking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> He's the greatest doctor I ever knew. Well, and that's, he, they love taking stuff. They're happy now. The, and that's and that's, that's funny. and that's a fathering thing too, because you're not hurting them by giving. You know, the conversation was he wouldn't give them anything addictive or that would do them harm. No, like but bro. but the other thing was we were talking about insurance and things like that, and he was. Dr. Bloom's talking to a doctor or doing a peer-to-peer trying to get 30 days of treatment for a client, and the the doctor's denying it, and and Dr. Bloom goes, what's your mother's phone number? I want to call her and tell her what you do with that medical license. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, that is such cool old school. I'm calling your mom, and I'm going to tell her what you're doing with all the money that she spent on medical school for you and what you're doing with it. How would you like that? Denying people care. I think that is so freaking cool. But that's the sort of... I could could tell you other stories. He, He just was the greatest thing. I had this guy... Um, like have a, a psychotic break while I was driving him to court. And so I drove back and he was trying to grab my steering wheel on the 210. He was ranting and raving and screaming and he was really having a psychotic break. Because of the pressure of going to court, he was facing prison or whatever. So I get back to the treatment center. I can't even get my little flip phone to fucking call. <laughs> I'm fighting with this guy. I elbowed him in the side of his face and held his held him against with my arm, got off the freeway, got back to the treatment center. I come running in. He's just, now he's pleasing himself in my car, right? Mm. Did you have I a wooden run spoon? In, I run in and Dr. Bloom's the only, Bloom's the only one there. And I go, Dr. Bloom, I have... So I wait have, a minute, he's fighting you and fighting you and then he jacks off? Yeah, then he jacked oh, off. And he was, he was foaming damn. at the oh, mouth. Oh, like you don't, Mike. He was foaming at the <laughs> mouth and he was talking gibberish and he was, he was, having, a, he was having a tough day. So, <laughs> so I go, I, I get it. I need help. So Bloom get, he goes, get him out of the car. And I get him out of the car and bring him into the front office entry in, in Mike, his son's, Mike, Dr. Bloom's administrative office. And he's laying on the ground. He's got his pants down and stick out because... <laughs> And Dr. Bloom sits in a chair above him and goes, having a tough time, huh, buddy? And he goes, goes, but could you pull your pants off? Because that's disgusting. You should be ashamed ashamed of yourself the way you're acting right now. And I saw the guy's eyes. They were kind of rolling all around. Just like, look at Dr. Bloom and then look at me. Like, that was so inappropriate to say. Did you hear what he just said about my wiener? He said, I'm disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself. And then he sat up, and we pulled his pants up, and he sat there, and Dr. Bloom gave him some Ativan, and everything was calmed down. But Bloom's Bloom's just, he had amazing kind of 
ideas. Also, there was a bunch of staff were all upset, like they probably get at your place, they get at my place when the clients start having relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And and Dr. Bloom would always say, I heard him say it, three different variations of it. This is good news. This means that there's. This is means that they're sober. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's good news that they're having like, sex. Progress. This is good news. It means that we're getting somewhere. They're they're sober. Yeah, okay. The dark side. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> no, he goes. Do, do, do none of you? None of you were opiate addicts and got opiate opiates. Didn't you remember what that was like? That's what they're going through right now. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll they'll. You know, they'll hump anything. Later, they'll hump they'll, anything. They'll, they'll, they'll sort it out. That's what he would say. Just if they'll use condoms. I mean, I just wish. <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, with the relationships, they they take up so much energy that could be directed at other things. But it, it they're is, not going to direct them at other things, though. It's a natural. It's a natural occurring phenomenon when you. That's a great I, way of looking at it. I yeah. think that there's just a parochial attitude about sex. I think America is just obsessed with all kinds of sick ideas about sex. There's nothing wrong with sex, right? Right. And it's appropriate when it's appropriate and respectful. Uh, you, what you should be teaching is appropriateness and respect instead of saying sex, no sex, right? Bob, you hate talking about sex. I, Admit I, it. I can talk about sex you now. Don't and, talk about sex. Other, you don't talk about your sex life I don't talk at about all. my sex life, but I'll talk about other sex yeah, life. Right. So, so when we first opened Aloe, it started happening. It was called Acadia. It was just two houses, right? And it started happening. And I was like, well, as long as it, it's like it's, people aren't gross about it. And everyone looked at me like, what are you talking? We can't have people having sex here. And I was like, well, but I mean, it's a part of treatment, Evan. I didn't want to tell you, but this is what happens. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> nobody, it's the most untalked about subject of rehab. Girls and boys and boys and boys and girls Off and girls of drugs and for the first and time and in months and, and months and years and years. And let's it, get it on. It, it's that's what, that's what AA is. That's what, the, yeah. that's one of the first things to wake up is the, the wiener. Is there another part? Of, oh, the appetite. Appetite <laughs> and then sex. The what, what are the things that what, wake soon, up? As soon as they certainly, start, it's not the mind. The mind wakes oh, up last. Oh no, no! The I critical, think that takes critical about, thinking <laughs> wakes up last. I think that takes about twenty-two <laughs> years. Mine's starting to open. All that shit. <laughs> no, but what I what I've counseled people about is their their sick obsessions with somebody they just met. Right. That's, no. That's where you can do some work, and that that stuff you can talk about. We we can talk about. You can't you can't be validated from the outside. You need to have your. You know, we we can. There are ways we can do, but you're not going to keep them from doing it. You just kind of want to make it as hard as possible. You can so still that, keep them from doing it, but the harsh ways that rehab staff always try to. You know, I, I don't like. We have a we have a policy here that there are no bad clients. There are just um, you're lacking imagination of how to reach them. Right, we put it back on the staff. Okay. Right, so you know staff that like, oh, he doesn't go to group, or oh, they were having sex. We got to get him out of here. There's, there's just too much of that. These are sick people. It's pretty predictable that if they get off opiates, they're going to start focusing on other people. We should be educating them about that, talking about that, and getting in there and getting real about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You can't just build a policy and procedure and then just kick everyone out who violates it because ninety percent of the people violate it. You'd have an empty rehab. I did. Yeah, that's that's the time. <laughs> every chance I got. That's the time when you got to reach out to them. But you, you know, there was a, it was that 
You use it as a learning tool. Mike's yeah. right. You just use it as a tool in the whole process. It makes the treatment unique to the individual because yeah. you're meeting the moment. It's not cookie cut. It's not what you wrote in every chart for the last 10 years. This is real. It's happening right now today. They got caught last night. Let's deal with it. Right. It's the they're meet, them, meet them where they're at. No, you don't, you don't kick people out. or Every treatment center kicks them out. Um, no, we, we, we even have. But I, a lot of them do. Yeah, a lot of them do. And, you know, be, the behavioral stuff. So then what do you do? Then you create a long-distance relationship that even makes it even sicker because it's still codependent. You're right. It's the, it's the meet them where they're at mentality. you got to meet them where they're at. Yeah, and they're and, not and, in the greatest and, place. And you you got to be creative. <laughs> it's like when people go, oh, he's being such a dick. I go, he's 11 days clean. Yeah. He's kicking. He's miserable. Do you remember what it was like at 11 days? I got days? a better one for you. You're 20 years sober and you're being a dick. Why are you letting some newcomer affect you so much? Don't call him that. He's a sick alcoholic. He's, right? he's brand new sober. Give him a break. Yeah, but I, I like going back out the steps. But there, <laughs> yeah. there, there, there has to be, a, right. uh, there has to be a, some sort of um, understanding that they're not taking advantage of people, right? Well, well, you know, but you can discuss those things. You can get your, your client and you can talk to your client like a human being. Not every conversation I have with my clients is out of a textbook. And a lot of it is, okay, you know, you know what you're messing with here, right? That, that, that maybe, you know, you have to look at the client because it's different every time. Sometimes it's, if I'm talking to a male client, because I have predominantly male clients, on my caseload is only one female right now, but I can tell them, I say, you, you understand where she came from or, or what's going on there and that her only currency is her body right now. Yeah, I And mean, that you you're taking advantage of a sick person. Make sure, you know, just yeah, want exactly. you to be aware of, of where the pond you're fishing in right now with this particular person. And, but you have to have the okays. You have to have an understanding. You have to know the people. You can't go in and say, okay, it stops. Or it's you're rare, out. It's well, rare. Because a lot of it's, males are sociopaths. But wait, but but most of the situations I've had, maybe it's a different patient population or whatever. It's a it's a collaborative adventure. Both both sides are using each other for that same reason. Well, right? For validation. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of times I hear these reports of these people being taken advantage of. I think that I don't know. Then maybe you got a misogynist culture. I hate to say it. Right. That that sees things in this only one way that men are 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 predators and allowed to be predators. I don't know. The ones that I've dealt with most directly, they were a couple. They admitted they were a couple. This just happened like two months ago. They admit they're a couple. They're in love. Mm -hmm. I sit with them and I'm like, I don't see how this works out. I'm sure you're, usually it's the female, I'm sure your parents aren't happy about this and it ain't going to come back on me. So for the time that you're here, I want you to be respectful of one another. You're not going to have sex here. No public displays. You know, I don't want group, you holding hands yeah. and all that. But I respect that maybe you guys are in love. I don't know. But maybe. while you're here, you can't be that way. See that misogynist thing of like, he's just trying to get an angle on her. I don't, you I don't go know. for that. You got to know. You have to know your people and you get to know your people and you can see, you can see it differently. I'm not saying that that's an across-the-board answer to anything, but it's a matter of being aware. Because I have seen females with extreme predatory behavior, where they go after guys that already have girlfriends. But you don't tell their parents that. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, even 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 yeah, recently, where I'm just it's talking like, about. I'm trying to be Chappelle for a second. Yeah. That's one thing that you don't talk about, even though I told one father that that. You know, you keep blaming this guy, but he's, the way I see it, I've been around this a long time, he's not the one causing all this. And he said, what are you saying? And I said, 
I'm just saying she's driving the whole thing. And I think she's driving the whole thing to upset you and your wife. And I think she's in control of everything. And she's the reason why you're so upset and we're having this conversation. She is driving everything. So we need to, we need to take that power away from her. And he goes, how do we do that? And I say, you not object to the guy. I want you to, get, <laughs> I want you to start liking the guy. <laughs> say, you know what? He's not such a bad guy. Because she was an outpatient, and they were in different sober livings, mm-hmm. and he did that. The girl dropped the guy in a second. <laughs> the poor bastard. Yeah. Gave him the wooden spoon. <laughs> the guy was like, what's, what's happening? She won't call me return my text. I was like, dude, I think, you know. Dude, first of all, you're, you're a rehab five, which makes you an on-the-street two. So. <laughs> but, but it was funny that I, I like when I'm right, for one thing. But she... She had this dance that goes on with all these parents. That's why I'm getting it back to all the parents. It's a dance with the parents. And if they're negligent parents or drug-using partners with the children, like I've seen it all. It's just madness. I've rarely seen, like I've thought, those people are good parents. I've rarely seen that. I don't see that. I've seen it, you know. And then there's a friend of mine who I I always thought was the greatest parent in the world, and then he kind of had... A nervous breakdown, like moved out away to like a rural area. Arizona? Uh, no. Did he get 400 acres? State in, in California. <laughs> but I was like, and, yeah, and I was like, I don't know, that's kind of that's kind of rad. And then I realized he, the things that he didn't want to talk about because he's too nice. Um, he just didn't want his kids to grow up in this culture, and I don't either. Hmm. I don't want I don't want the values the society teaches. You know what I mean? Right. We can only do so much installation of that stuff at home because there's too much outside world. It's too powerful. It's everywhere. It's too powerful. I would say, you know, focus on reading and becoming as healthy as you personally can. And if you have children, that interrelation to uh, parenting and being healthy and having boundaries. I'm going through it. Sid's going through this thing where... You know, she doesn't like preschool. I'm like, tough. Nobody likes school. And Chrissy says, I liked school. I said, other than your mother, no one likes school. <laughs> your mom and some guy in Indiana really liked it. <laughs> but, but I think it's shocking for Chrissy because Sydney doesn't like school. Like Elvis semi likes it, but he doesn't rag on it. Like Sydney like, does not want to go. She I know some folks that really that. like it, and I don't hold it against them. <laughs> I think they're all right. Michael Jackson. I like I like people that like school. Well, I just can't so share school, their enthusiasm. School is the subject of our house because Sydney hates it. You know, doesn't like it so much. She's hopefully she's going to warm up to it. It's only been a couple weeks, but but um, but so Elvis was like you know trying to get her to like school and talking school up and school's where your friends are and da 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 da. And I said we already tried that, Elvis. And I I go but. Chrissy's going through something because she loves school. And Elvis kind of looked across and she said, did you really like love school? And she goes, yeah, I loved school from the first time I went and until the last one you saw me graduate. And he said, how long was that? And we said, 18 years. She went to school for 18 years. And Elvis just... He, he saw his heart sink. Like, I'm not going to school for 18 years. <laughs> I, you know, I maybe that's a sign of someone being well-adjusted to social situations and having good... I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I know I don't have it. The liking school? Yeah, it doesn't even matter if I'm interested in the subject. I mean, to do the, the simple 36 units was... 
too much for me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Go to school. We're going to talk more about it. How to be a good parent. I'm not good one, but I'm trying to learn how to be one. And that's all I Stay caring. If you don't want your kids Stay to strong. be drug addicts, be good parents. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.